Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To my bed crimers, hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Let me just ask that after listening to and or watching the video, if you found you enjoyed it, please do me a favor, smash that like button. And if you want to support the work I do, please consider a Patreon membership. You'll find a link in the description. Now, let's dig in. What's up, everybody? T here. Before I dig into the main topic, I wanted to share some information about a nine-year-old girl who went missing while camping in Moreau Lake State Park. Her name is Charlotte Senna, and she was last seen riding her bike around 6.15 p.m. Saturday evening, Eastern Time. Here's the upsetting part. At about 6.45 p.m., her bike was found along the loop, but without Charlotte anywhere to be found. She was last seen wearing an orange tie-dyed Pokemon shirt, dark blue pants, black Crocs, and a gray bike helmet. She's Caucasian with blonde hair, about 4 feet 6 inches tall with green eyes. They did issue an Amber Alert Sunday morning. If you live in the area, and if you know anything, or if you've seen anything, you are supposed to dial 911. Moving on to the main topic. Whatever led to mother of two Suzanne Morphew's disappearance likely happened between Saturday, May 9th, and Sunday, May 10th of 2020, because that's when Suzanne's cell phone went dark forever. In fact, Suzanne's last sign of life was in a photo she took of herself for her friend slash lover, Jeff Libler, on Saturday afternoon at some point between 2 p.m. and 3 p.m. Details of what the prosecutors in Chafee County, Colorado, believed about Suzanne's disappearance and about her troubled marriage to her husband, Barry, came out during an evidentiary hearing in August of 2021. At that time, the prosecutors painted a picture of a crime born out of rage and the need for control. The prosecutors back then described a scenario wherein Barry came home on Saturday, May 9th, and found Suzanne sunbathing as she exchanged messages with Libler, with whom prosecutors said she was having an affair for one and a half to two years based on hundreds of hours of secret phone calls, WhatsApp, and LinkedIn communications. Per prosecutors, Suzanne had also had secret rendezvous with Libler away from home at least six times. Now, this information is not to victim shame Suzanne Morphew. It's just to lay the foundation of the state of her marriage with Barry Morphew. Having an affair does not justify doing a person in. And we don't know what led Suzanne into this affair. Back to Saturday, May 9th in the afternoon. Prosecutors theorized that Barry must have been so enraged about Suzanne's behavior and her desire to divorce that he went into their garage, allegedly grabbed a tranquilizer gun for animals, and proceeded to chase Suzanne around the property until he struck her with a dart containing a substance that allegedly knocked her out. 
But because her body had not yet been found at that juncture back in August of 2021, the prosecutors could not say exactly how she died. And then Barry allegedly had to get rid of her body and whatever mess was left behind in the home. Allegedly. I'm going to keep saying allegedly. The prosecutors depicted Barry as a skilled hunter who used those skills to hunt down his wife. Allegedly. Since then, though, the charges against Barry were dropped and the case dismissed, so he's once again presumed innocent. However, the prosecutors can recharge him if they're able to piece together additional evidence that points to his involvement. So much rests on Suzanne's remains, which were found scattered near a shallow grave in Moffat, Colorado, about 46 miles away from where she lived back in 2020. There are, in my opinion, legitimate reasons why some feel Barry could be behind Suzanne's disappearance, allegedly, and why he, at the very least, looks suspicious. Here are my top four reasons. One, when Barry was asked by law enforcement about the state of his and Suzanne's marriage, he painted a very rosy picture. Too rosy. He even referred to Suzanne as his angel. But we know that Suzanne sent her sister Melinda a long text message on Friday, May 8th, two days before that fateful Mother's Day. In the text, Suzanne expressed being scared. Here's what Melinda Mormon told CBS Denver about the text. The Friday before Mother's Day, my sister had sent me a text message that morning. It was very lengthy. It was very powerful. It was very revealing. She had been ready to share some things close to her chest. She said she was scared, end quote. Melinda also mentioned that perhaps Barry and Suzanne were living beyond their means and that they were struggling to some extent financially. From what I understand, that gorgeous dream home they lived in was purchased in large part thanks to an inheritance Suzanne received for something in the range of $500,000. And we also heard that this life in Colorado, away from all of Suzanne's family and friends, was Barry's wish, not Suzanne's. Suzanne also often confided in her friend, Susan Oliver, about the state of her marriage. Prosecutors presented texts they said were exchanged between Suzanne and Oliver. In one of the texts, Suzanne said Barry was, quote, her Jekyll and Hyde husband. And she also said he was not stable, and she didn't know when he would be mad. Suzanne told Oliver that Barry once put a firearm to his head and asked her, Is this what you want? Also, Suzanne wrote to her friend that Barry once pinned her on the bed and wouldn't let her up. This was not an amorous move because Suzanne allegedly threatened to call the police. Per Suzanne's friend, Suzanne was allegedly trying to figure out the best timing for escaping her marriage. And we know that Suzanne sent Barry the text on Friday, May 8th, 2020 that said, quote, I'm done. I couldn't care less what you've been up to for years. We just need to figure this out civilly. End quote. And according to Barry's defense lawyers, Suzanne had a secret bank account which received money on April 23, 2020 at 4.31 a.m. Could she have been squirreling money away to help make her getaway? 
just me speculating. Prosecutors also said that according to cell phone records, Barry and Suzanne were fighting later on the afternoon of Friday, May 8th, this time about money. Things were not in the least bit rosy with Suzanne and Barry. Their marriage sounds like it was imploding. If we choose to believe Melinda about that text Suzanne sent her and Suzanne Oliver about her exchanges with Suzanne, and if we trust that Suzanne meant what she wrote to Barry about her being done. By the way, that text had been deleted off of Barry's phone, but the investigators were able to retrieve it. It seems clear from all of this that the marriage was not in a perfect place when Suzanne vanished. Now, that doesn't mean that Barry is guilty of any crime. It just means that he was polishing things up to look better than they were for the cops. And when someone does that after their spouse vanishes, it tends to raise eyebrows, too. Barry's behavior starting late on the afternoon of Saturday, May 9th, indicates a lot of movement. He told law enforcement that he left for a landscaping job in Broomfield, Colorado on Sunday, May 10th, 2020 at 5 a.m. The arrest affidavit states that Barry's telematics report on his truck indicated that from 2.47 p.m. on Saturday, May 9th until 5.37 a.m. on Sunday, May 10th, Barry was moving around a lot. Prosecutors speculated that Barry was busy during this period disposing of evidence of Suzanne's disappearance and death. Again, that's allegedly because currently Barry isn't charged with any crime. This is simply the argument the prosecutors were making when they were trying to secure an affidavit to arrest Barry Morphew. Former FBI Special Agent Jonathan Grusin testified during that August evidentiary hearing that data from Barry's phone shows that he drove home at 2.44 p.m. on Saturday and was moving around outside the house for several minutes until his phone went on airplane mode. In my opinion, this seems like when whatever crime was done to Suzanne to make her go poof into thin air occurred. Now, prosecutors shared that it took seven more hours until Barry's phone was taken out of airplane mode at 10.17 p.m. on Saturday night. Cell phone records also showed that on Sunday morning at 5.37 a.m., Barry drove nearly three hours to Broomfield, Colorado to work on a construction landscape project. Once there, per surveillance camera footage and Google Map photos, Barry was captured making five stops to dispose of trash, first at his work site, then near the Holiday Inn where he checked in and changed shirts, sounds like Alec Murdaugh, then at a men's warehouse store, at a McDonald's, and then at another dumpster. Suspicious behavior. I'm pretty sure he wasn't dumpster diving. At one of the sites in Broomfield, prosecutors said Barry can be seen carrying a camouflage and an empty tree or bush container to a dumpster. At another, authorities said he's seen pushing trash into a bin with both hands. When investigators asked him what he was throwing out, he said that at one of the trash sites he was getting rid of wrappers. Wrappers? 
You mean like Snickers bar wrappers? And you had so many, you had to use two hands to push them down into that dumpster? At other times, they said he told them he couldn't remember what he threw out. He also told them that he preferred to dump work trash into free public dumpsters instead of going to an official dump and having to pay to discard stuff. This type of behavior is eyebrow-raising. It's out of the norm. And knowing that Suzanne went missing at some point that weekend makes it all the more suspicious, in my opinion. 3. An American body language expert and published author named Patty Wood analyzed several videos of Barry for the DailyMail.com. Wood, who has a bachelor's degree in communication from Florida State University, as well as a master's of art in speech communication from Auburn University, and has completed four years of doctoral coursework at Florida State University in nonverbal communication, well, she was troubled by what she saw in the videos. But of course, different body language experts may interpret a person's behavior in a completely different way. So take this with a grain of pink Himalayan salt. Woods said she felt unsettled by the public plea no Barry asked. released in May of 2020 after more. Suzanne went missing. In it, his voice cracked and his brows furrowed. Wood felt that Barry appeared to be faking his distressed facial expressions and had several tics that were troubling. For example, he shakes his head as if to say no subconsciously to all the messages that might not be true or are not what he wants. For example, he starts shaking his head sideways when he says, if anyone is out there and... I will do whatever it takes. But according to Barry's head movement, no. No, he won't. Wood also noted that while Barry looks anguished in the video, his face doesn't change at all. Wood said, quote, we see pain in his face, but notice it doesn't move across his face and change as he speaks, but seems set like a mask, which reveals that he put on or faked the pained expressions, end quote. Wood concluded that she found the videos unsettling to watch because Barry's nonverbal delivery is so off from what would be normal baseline behavior for someone whose wife is missing. Wood also said that Barry, quote, awkwardly addressed his wife at the beginning of his appeal by saying, oh, Suzanne, that seems forced, speeded up, and over rather than lingering with affection or concern, end quote. She also states that it's noteworthy that Barry doesn't repeat Suzanne's name often during his appeal. Per Wood, quote, spouses typically repeat their missing partner's name over and over and keep talking and pleading endlessly until they run out of time on the segment or until they break down with emotion, end quote. The fourth reason Barry looks sus as all get out, in my opinion, is that when Suzanne Morphew's brother, Andy, traveled to Salida, Colorado to organize and carry out an extensive five-day search for his sister, Barry didn't participate. Not only that, he refused to let searchers on his land. Barry even drove around the property with a firearm, sending a message that trespassers are not welcome and may get injured 
or worse if they step on his land. If your wife is missing or your husband and you want to find her or him, you welcome any and all searchers willing to spend time looking for her or him, especially when one of them is your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, and they're looking for their sibling. Suzanne and Barry were married 25 years. I'm pretty sure Barry knew Andy and had broken bread with him on more than one occasion. So those are my top four reasons for still looking at Barry Morphew with suspicious eyes. Let me know what you think in the comments. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. And if anyone is out there that can hear this, that has you, please, we'll do whatever it takes to bring you back. We love you. We miss you. Your girls need you. No questions asked. However much they want. I will do whatever it takes.